Welcome to Ministry in Motion, a program where we explore best practices for your ministry in the 21st century. Whether you're a full-time pastor or a lay leader in your local congregation, today's topic will be really helpful. How to nurture a personal prayer experience. Our guests today, Melodius Echo Mason and Janet Page. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you. you have both been not only involved in prayer ministries, but passionate mm -hmm. about prayer ministries. Uh, Melody, share with us your own journey. Well, prayer has really completely transformed my life. Having that time with God every day in His Word, talking to Him in prayer has given a strength and stability that I have to say I didn't always have. You know, I grew up in a Christian Seventh-day Adventist home, and my parents were, were prayer warriors, and they still are. I remember when I would travel with my father, when we would travel with him, and he would wake up in the morning at 4 o'clock in the morning and begin praying out loud and just being so inspired by that prayer life. And so growing up, I was inspired by that, and I also saw many, many answers to prayer. I gave my life to Christ when I was 12 years old, was very sincere. But as time went on, I think as it is for many people, I felt like my life was kind of an up and down spiritually, you know, a seesaw. And as I was getting into high school and then college, I was in charge of ministries. I was leading people. I had a lot of people coming to me for help and counsel. But when I was having struggles, I always felt like I couldn't be real with those because I, you know, I had an image to protect. I needed to, to, to protect that. And so I would struggle. And, and there was even a time when I, I slipped into quite a bit you know, of darkness of depression where mm. I stopped praying and I stopped seeking God because of mm. some things that had happened in my life. But through the power of prayer, God has brought me out of that and He's just given me so much more abundant life. And it's just really shaped the way I deal with ministry and, and my own personal life as well because I realize without that power, without the Holy Spirit flowing into our lives, we're not going to have the success. We're not going to have the relationship with God that we need. And you're so. currently involved in a full-time prayer ministry. Is that right? Yes. Yes. I work with Army Bible Camp Ministries. It's and that's not like Army, like no. being in the Army. No, it's A-R-M-E. In other words, arm me, equip me with tools for biblical revival. We train people how to study the Bible and how to pray Beautiful. together. And Janet, you have, ever since I've known you, had a tremendous passion for prayer. Uh, share a little of your journey and, and what you're doing now to help people nurture a personal prayer experience. Oh, you know, that could be long <laughs> with a journey. But what really, I think, gave me the passion is my life was changed through people praying for me, praying for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, and God has just put on my heart just an absolute passion to get people to pray, to spend time alone with God as well as to pray together. It must bring you joy. You're now the prayer ministries coordinator for the World Church of the Seventh-day Adventist Church to see Melody, someone you've mentored mm -hmm. in prayer, now becoming a leader in prayer ministries. Yes. That's really, that's really beautiful. It really well, is. Well, in our program today, we want to share some building blocks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and that may be helpful for a leader. We have pastors and lay leaders who watch the program both for their lives personally, mm -hmm. but also to be able to become leaders of prayer ministries themselves. So if, if you were to start and say, here's an important first step, Melody, what would it be? 
Well, let me just back up by saying just a little bit. In my own experience, I really realized that a lot of my earlier life, I was kind of in wilderness Christianity. You know, Christ has called us out of Egypt to the promised land, but so often we get stuck in that wilderness experience. And when I say that, I mean, I was maintaining, I was surviving. And like I already mentioned, I kind of felt like I wore a mask to a certain extent. I didn't want people to see the, the struggles that I had. And we have to get beyond that personally and especially as leaders. You know, I, I know growing up there were pastors and leaders that really impacted my life positively that had that positive prayer experience and, and Janet being um, one of those, a very strong mentor in my life. But there were also those who I could see were not real and were not authentic. And I think we really need to get away from that pretense in our lives spiritually. We have to get away from pretending. Um, there's, there's a quote from the book Christian Service. It comes from one of my favorite authors, Ellen White, and it says, could we see all the activity as God sees it, we would see that only the work that is accomplished by much prayer, which is sanctified by the merit of Christ, only that work will stand the test of the judgment. So that, you know, that, that brings me to where I am coming into prayer is, is my passion. I, I'm not content with where I am. I'm not going to, to pitch my tent. Spiritually, I'm going to continually be asking God for more. And so I have to say going into it, asking God for more from my own experience has, has just been huge. So I wake up in the morning. What's the most important thing to remember? So going into it, I would say the first thing is really keeping God first. And I know this is kind of trite because this is what we all say. Keep God it's basic. first. But it's basic, you know. Something I've really realized in my life, even though I was seeking to, to have God first and I had put him first, was I had all these distractors in my life. You know, I would get up and I would be more interested in checking my email or even checking my Facebook. You know, who's written over the night, um, text messaging, all these different things that come in. And we have to put those things aside and say, seriously, God is going to be first in the morning. Mm. You know, I think that since God isn't a physical person that I can sit down with, like you and I are sitting, like we're sitting here, he so often gets pushed to that back burner. And mm. we think, you know, precedence, the importance can take over. And even the non-important things take over and push that aside. But he has to be the very, very first. There's a story that um, really impacted me from John Wesley. John Wesley had been invited by uh, a dignitary to come and spend time with him. And it was a great honor that few people received. But he was there with him and had the evening. But then before the evening was over, he was, he was actually dismissing himself and saying, you know, thank you, I need to go. And the dignitary says, do you know who I am? You know, few people get this honor. What do you think you're doing? And he's saying, yes, I appreciate this time that I've had with you, but I have an appointment, I have an appointment with the king of the universe and I dare not be tardy and I dare not be late. So if we were to take one important lesson from this first part of our program, it would be putting God first. And I, I like what you said. It's not just, well, he's my first priority, mm -hmm. but he, he actually comes first yes. in my day. Yes. And uh, after we come back from the break, uh, maybe Janet, you want to respond to how that works in your life because it's not always easy. But uh, we'll learn some more as we come back after the break. We're talking about how to nurture a personal prayer experience and a crucial lesson, lesson 
put God first, not just highest priority, but also first in your day. And we'll learn more when we come back with more Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today, how to nurture a personal prayer experience. And our guests, Melodious Echo Mason and Janet Page. Thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you. We've talked about the importance of putting God first, mm -hmm. uh, both our highest priority and even first in terms of our day. Mm -hmm. Janet, you're a very busy leader. Uh, how does that work, uh, <laughs> putting God first? Oh, I, don't, I couldn't live any other way. There would be no point in trying to do ministry without it. And for me, whether I, I eat or do anything else, I have to have that time with God. So I ask God to wake me up. And whatever time he wakes me up, that's when it starts with God. So that's a, a very intentional plan though. Oh yes. Did you, did you ever have it where you didn't do that and you found yourself halfway through the day going? Oh, I find myself, at least years ago, I would wake up, ask God to wake me up, wake up, but wouldn't get up. I'd keep sleeping. Then I'd feel guilty all day, beat myself up. <laughs> and what I learned was that even if you don't do it when you wake up, do it sometime during the day. Just sometime. Okay. Get along with God and spend some time. Okay. Mm -hmm. But certainly the text I'm thinking with Jesus maybe was really true. Seek first the kingdom. And that's not just saying, oh, yes, it's my highest priority, but I'm actually going to begin my day. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Now, a second important uh, point to remember, we're talking here about how to nurture a personal prayer experience. You, you talk about uh, removing hindrances or mm -hmm. roadblocks. Talk to us, Melody, about that. Well, I think as we are seeking a more meaningful, powerful prayer life, you know, we have to have a heart of preparation. And sometimes, you know, even as seasoned Christians, you know, far be it to think, we'll have those times that are dry and it's like, what's happening between us and God? Is there a ceiling? And I think it has to do with things within our own hearts. And so I like to talk about removing hindrances. And first of all, you know, sin. Is there sin in my life? You know, we're told to examine our hearts. In Psalm 66, 18, it says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Mm -hmm. Seriously, you know, our sins cut, cut off his face from us that he doesn't hear us. We're told in Mark 13 that because of the unbelief of the people, he did not many miracles. And I think that's true in our prayer life too, because we do not believe he's not able to work. We're told that when we have quarrels among each, amongst each other, you know, when there's division, you know, specifically, I think in Mark 11, it talks about when you stand praying, forgive that your right. heavenly father right. would also forgive you. Yes. And, and, and we're also told in Matthew 5, if you come to the altar and you remember that someone has something against you, you lay your gift there at the altar and you go and make what's right with them. And so there's these different things that we have to continually be asking God, search my heart, try my heart, see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I love that prayer in Psalm 139. Yes. Um, because what I'm doing there, you, you've named some roadblocks, mm -hmm. cherish sin. Um, what was the second one you talked about? Unbelief. Unbelief yes. and then contentions. Yes. But that prayer in Psalm 139, it really gives God permission mm -hmm 
to say, God, I, I don't even know what all of the roadblocks are, but you could show me, you could show me what they are. And, and I think also when we come into prayer with an attitude of we want the gift mm -hmm. rather than the giver, yes. that's also a roadblock because yes. we are to come to seek mm -hmm. to know God. And, you know, having time with God in his word and in prayer is not just something that we can check mark off our day and say, okay, now that task is done. Now I can move on. Mm -hmm. We are coming to know God. And until we know him, until he reveals himself to us, you know, we should not be walking forward without his spirit, without his guidance. You know, it's interesting that Psalm 139, where it says, see if there's any hurtful way in me mm -hmm. or wicked way, can be translated hurtful. It's, mm -hmm. it's God is wanting to help remove those obstacles. Mm -hmm. Janet, as you travel around, you share it with a lot of people about prayer ministries. What are the most common hindrances to prayer that, that you that you see as you talk to people traveling around the world? When we say prayer, uh, a lot of times, you know, we tell people you need to pray. People think, oh, I don't want to go through a long list of prayer. It, it's boring and it's hard for people to do. But what Melody's talking about here is an experience with God, mm -hmm. not just going through a list. Right, Melody? Exactly. So we're going to talk uh, the specifics of how to pray, but but you're, you're addressing one potential hindrance, mm -hmm. and that's why we're doing this program, is people may not know how, mm -hmm. or they may have tried some ways that were very boring. Uh, people go to a prayer service, and they spend 80% of the time making prayer requests, mm -hmm. and it seems very no boring. Mm -hmm. yeah. So there are a lot of hindrances. We want to move on to the solution, which is... Um, how do we pray then? How do we develop that uh, vibrant prayer experience? Well, I think something that, that really has impacted me personally is just realizing I'm coming to God as a child. I'm coming as a beggar, literally. You know, it doesn't matter what I've done. It doesn't matter my experience, where I've been. To God, I'm still a child, and I'm just asking, please, fill me. And he gives us that promise in Psalms 81.10. He says, open your mouth wide and I will fill it. And that's one of my favorite promises. I have it framed in my room. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. And that's how I believe we need to come to God with an open heart. And the problem is, is we often have so many things in our mouths and in our lives, we, we don't have room for him. You know, I like your word uh, as a child rather than as a beggar, because a beggar comes not really knowing if there's any relationship sure. that will help. A child comes with confidence, yes, knowing yeah. that the loving parent uh, truly cares. Mm -hmm. And so we open our mouths knowing that good is coming. Mm -hmm. So you come as a child. Uh, you, you've been quoting the Bible a lot. We're, we're going to go to a break in just a moment. But how important is the Bible as you develop that meaningful personal prayer experience? Well, our Bible is our foundation. You know, we are not building an emotional, sensational religion. We are founding ourselves upon the Word of God. So praying with the Bible in hand, I think, is one of the most powerful parts. Personally. So you can have your eyes open and open your Bible? Sure. I noticed, Janet, you pray a lot with the Bible. In fact, yeah. the Bible language becomes your prayer language. Yeah. No, it's so much more powerful to pray God's words. And it makes Scripture come alive. You see new things. But it's Jesus' very life that's coming into us and is, is happening when you're reading it. But one of the things, you know, she's talking about prayer hindrances. And I'm personally a depressive person by nature. 
and to think of, oh, I got to spend time with God and have him show me things, I'm going to get suicidal. <laughs> and, but the neat part about God is, is when we do that, if we're in the Word, in the Word. He blesses us. He loves us. Mm -hmm. He gives us the power, the strength to deal with these things. And we're going to talk more about how the Word can be a vital part of your prayer experience right after the break with more Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today, how to nurture a personal prayer experience. If you're just joining us, you can go to our website at ministryinmotion.tv and watch the whole program because it's a real blessing. Our guests today, Melodious Echo Mason and Janet Page, thanks so much for being with us. We've talked about putting God first, how important that is not only top priority, but even first in the day. Mm -hmm. uh, the second important lesson was removing the hindrances. That was really helpful, and especially that Psalm 139 prayer, mm -hmm. God search me and show me. But now actually praying, uh, developing that, that experience. And you talked about the Bible being so important uh, when you pray. I think really standing upon the promises of God, not only claiming the promises and saying these are mine, but praying through the word. You know, like I was mentioning earlier, I have to have my Bible in my hands when I pray. And often I will hold it up and be reading the word, whether it's in Psalms or, you know, if it's an area that I'm struggling with claiming and I'll just be saying, you know, God, you said this. I believe it and I'm holding on to that. So that's, that's more claiming the promise but also praying the words of scripture. You know, these things aren't just written on black and white paper for our edification, but they're also to change us. And I really believe as we pray them, as we pray through them, we are changed and that's, that's huge. I mean, that's what I really believe is the power behind the prayer time. Mm -hmm. You know, that presupposes that you are taking time with the Bible outside of your prayer time. Because right. you're, you're constantly quoting scripture passages. You then, when you're praying, the Holy Spirit, John 14 says, 26, will bring to you remembrance. Mm -hmm. So then a text comes to your mind, right? Is that mm -hmm. how it works in prayer? But it's kind of a radical thought to some that you would actually have your eyes open mm -hmm. and be turning. But that's part of mm -hmm. your prayer journey. Mm -hmm. What else are you doing while you're praying besides quoting the promises of God and reading scripture? Something else that has really become meaningful for me is praise. I actually, I actually sing songs as I'm opening my prayer time. I'll have the time of prayer, you know, and what God is impressing upon my heart, but then I'll just go into a time of praise and I will be singing songs out loud. This is best if you don't have a roommate, <laughs> um, but singing songs out loud. And sometimes I don't even want to stop that time because my heart is just oh, overflowing oh. with praise. The more I'm praising him, the more I want to praise him. And, and he tells us, you know, he'll give us more to praise him mm. for. And so that's, that's so a huge praise part. Praise is really important. Yes. Have you found, how have you found that in your experience? Jen? Yeah. It's easy to fall out of it and go right to the problems and mm. start praying the problems. But the praise is what lifts you up, but it also gives the power for the problems to be taken care of. Isn't that very biblical too, entering his gates with thanksgiving and yes. his courts with, with praise? praise. Yes. You know, I was born in the city of Bristol, England, and there was a great man of prayer, actually from Prussia, who started some orphanages there, George, George Mueller. Mueller. Yeah. And you know, someone asked him, when you pray, how long do you spend praising God? Mm. And he would 
praise him on his knees. Mm -hmm. He said, I praise him until my heart is glad. Mm. So that's kind of what you're saying. Just communing with God yes. through praise. Yes. Now, I noticed that you had a little ring of uh, cards, and I don't think you're memorizing a foreign language. No. This is a part of your prayer experience. Yes. Tell us a little bit about these uh, prayer cards. Well, basically, um, God tells us to ask and to ask specifically. You know, if we are not asking specifically, we don't even know if God's answered, if he's working. But when we claim the promises and we ask, we see those answers. So I actually put my prayer request down on cards and I put Bible text with them, and then I'm praying over them day by day, so I'm not forgetting. And as people ask me, give me prayer requests, I'll add those to the cards. And then when they're answered, I take these cards and I fold them up and I put them in a jar. Beautiful. And it's just been beautiful building to my faith as I look and I see, look at how God has blessed. Look at how he's working. I can trust he's going to continue to work as I hold on to him. You know, I was reading in the scripture of uh, the building of an altar at mm -hmm. Gilgal. Yes. And, and that to me tells me that, that you're really kind of building an altar there. Mm -hmm. You're saying, God, I've prayed this prayer. Mm -hmm. I've claimed your promise. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm trusting that you're going to come through. Yes. Uh, that, that's beautiful. Yes. It's, it's been really powerful um, in our family as well. I know we're talking about personal prayer, but I've seen young children grasp a hold of this and just like be so excited to see God answer the prayers and to, to collect those, those stones, yes. memorials, right. kind of as you were saying. Right. Well, so. those are practical insights. It, it, there is a fourth important point that you mentioned to us. You've talked about putting God first, removing the hindrances, pr developing, the, actually doing the praying mm -hmm. with praise and with your Bible. The fourth uh, point you make is perseverance. Talk, talk to us about what you mean by perseverance? Well, just holding on, holding on to God in prayer. You know, throughout the scriptures, we have so many illustrations. You see Jacob wrestling with the angel. You see the Canaanite woman that kept seeking after Jesus, even though he ignored That's her. That's the one who asked for things. the crumbs from the master's yes. table. Yes. You see Elijah holding on, praying for rain. And we must persevere. You know, there, there's another quote that I really like that says, there's no danger that God will neglect the prayers of his people, but the danger is that in persecution and trial and temptation, they will fail to persevere in prayer. Yes. And so perseverance and, and just holding on, I think, is, mm. is so key. You know, the passage which talks about the widow mm -hmm. who, who perseveres, it's interesting that in that text, it, it, it emphasizes that God is more willing to hear. Yes. So it's not that you're trying to change God's mind, yes. but you're, you're just, you're not giving up. Yes. You're, you're continuing earnestly in prayer, as it says in Colossians 4, 2. And I think sometimes we feel, you know, just since we're one person, what difference can be made, you know, in our lives or in the world? But we know as we look through stories of history, pioneers, you know, you look at Martin Luther and we're told that the power that shook the world came from that secret place of prayer. Yes. We will hold on and persevere. And what a great example with Jesus. Yes. You know, yes. who really continued in prayer, yes. got up early in the morning, even when there was so much ministry to be done. And, and you have important ministries. And I want to thank you for being with us today. Melodious Echo Mason, mm -hmm. Janet Page, you're, you're leading prayer ministries, but you're also taking time to pray. Mm. And if you've been blessed by the program today, I want to invite you to go to our website at ministryinmotion.tv. We'll have a link to, to, to the Army Bible 
Bible camp. Bible camp. Mm -hmm. It sounds like something really active, and mm -hmm. it is. You can learn some, about some prayer resources that will be available for you. Share with a friend. Say, go to ministryemotion.tv. Watch this amazing program on how to nurture your personal prayer experience. And let it start with you. I think that's what we've heard mm -hmm. from these leaders today. Model in your own life, but then share with those around you. Because many people, I really think it's true, were bored with old ways of praying. Mm. They need to learn how to pray in a way that brings new vitality to their lives. So take what you've learned. May God use you to be a blessing to others. Join us again next time for more Ministry in Motion.